Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are joining us today as we talk about financial matters, both myself and my co-host here. We're both practicing advisors. We spend our weekdays with people like yourself and broadcast on the weekends, being your financial advisor on the air. And so really glad you are... Uh, with us today. Yes, thanks for playing Later. along. My volume, there is my volume. Is that better now? <laughs> That's better. Have you ever been to a studio I before? was at a concert last night. That might be what my problem was. Oh, okay. What kind of concert did you go to? Well, we're going to get to the financial matter. So on a site, I took my 14-year-old daughter to the Harry Styles concert. At... He's like a crooner? He's a t- uh, teen, teen pop kind of guy. Oh, he is. Okay. He was with One Direction. Watermelon Sugar, hi. Watermelon Sugar, hi. You've heard that song? No. Uh, if you'd listened to Top 40, you'd okay. played it like every eight seconds. And uh, I, it, was, <laughs> it was 90% females, maybe 95% females, 60% of which were teenagers, oh. at least. And uh, lots of screaming. Oh, yeah. The, it was entertaining. It was, uh, that was a nice year. That's what I thought. <laughs> okay, did your daughter think so? Yes, and I got her good seats, and I think it was, uh, I think I spent more on that night than I spent on my uh, college education. <laughs> did you? Not quite that bad. Did you? What it felt like. Have you tried buying a concert tickets lately? No. They're not. Yeah. Most bands I wouldn't go see if they were playing in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time in my life when I would, but um, the. Uh, did you stand the whole time? Yes, because everyone's standing the whole time. And I almost sat down. And I'm like, I'm already pretty an old guy, but <laughs> you're short old there? bald guy with glasses. Like, am I going to take a nap now at the same time? Oh, I, thought, I don't know. If I'm you're a better man than it I was. Fun. I would have sat was, uh, down and put my hands over my ears. You look and like then really... um, Harry Styles, the the main singer, calls out one person in the entire audience to give help with a vote, with a thumbs up, a thumbs down. I forget it was, and it turned out to be Kelly Brothers. Now, those of you in the Sacramento oh. region know Kelly Brothers as he was. TV guy for years, then he went into the financial services business. And so you and Kelly Brothers, this is where old financial so, planners go? <laughs> Correct. So I saw him after, bumped into him afterwards. He's there with his niece and daughter oh, and stuff. That's funny. Yeah. We're both big Harry Styles fans <laughs> now. Well, that sounds exciting. Anyway, why Let's am get I to the that? money. So that's why my hearing is probably off. Uh, yes. <clears throat> Let's talk about money. Yeah. You wanna, we'll take calls if you want. I'd love to take your calls. 833-99-WORTH. 833-99. 99 worth will get you on the program before we go there. This, and we talk about money, by the way, if you're new to the show, it's finance, personal did finance, you see, did you taxes, see the, retirement planning, investments. Did you see this last week? Uh, Rivian, what's the name yes. of that? Is it Rivian? Yes, 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 yes. So I know, so, uh, I know a gentleman that works there. One of my son's friends. So they went public this, uh, when, what day was it? Wednesday? To, well, yeah, I think Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Raise more, highest capitalization of any public company since 2014 on an IPO. Stock shot up the first day, shot up the second day, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Valuation, this is an electric car manufacturer. Which, by the way, um, are they pre-revenue? They almost have no revenue is what it says. But almost they did sign revenue. a contract with Amazon to build 100000 um for their fleet. Fans. I gotta figure designing a car and manufacturing them are two different skill sets, but right? I mean, probably. <laughs> I'm just thinking. Uh, so to put things in perspective, they are val- that's company today is valued more than Ford and more than General Motors combined. Not combined. But Not combined. They're both valued at about eighty billion or so. This is valued at a hundred billion, give or take a couple billion. Yeah, and it feels like. And one of the benefits about getting older, I was joking about being the old man at the concert, wanted to take a nap. But the benefit is that I've personally lived through many market cycles. I've experienced walking clients through that, and I've experienced my what's happened in my own life through that. And it feels very similar to 1999 and the tech bubble and 
just talking to people like I saw an article last week. Young, young, the millennials. Oh, uh, they don't need a rich millennials. They don't need financial advisors. Well, yeah, I. I was reminded of the time I'm in the back of a cab and on a con- way to a conference in Orlando, and the tag cab cab driver told me that uh, he was going to be quitting his cab because he's he buys uh, he has dot com stocks. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it, it feels like that. It again. does feel. It does feel like that. Especially with these SPACs, right? Special it feels purpose like acquisition companies, which is, which is really interesting because uh, I was reading about another company that went public that was being sued by the SEC for non-disclosure of appropriate information. And I thought, isn't that the strangest thing? That these guys actually went through the process to actually do disclosure and they did it wrong where everyone else just goes with a special purpose acquisition company doesn't disclose anything. <laughs> Strange world. Strange world. The especially the with the, the Bitcoin, right? With the Bitcoin. Why do some do well and others with the, with the uh, cryptocurrencies? Why do some do really well and others don't do anything at all? Why does the Dogecoin do well and Bill's coin didn't do well? Who's Bill? Bill started his own coin. I mean, good for Bill, right? We should have the Allworth coin. There's Bill's coins, Phil's coins, Pat's coins. <laughs> Everyone's got their own coin. There's thousands of <laughs> are there thousands? thousands of digital currencies. And I always wonder why did this one do well and the other one didn't. And I don't know. And actually, I talked to a young man last week who actually works. He's got a degree in economics and he works on on Wall Street. And I said. Can you explain it to me? And he said, other than the fact that we like to build um, exchanges for them, because that's how we know how to money make money is when people buy and sell stuff. He said, we don't quite understand it either, why some do well and some don't. Well, I was at a conference, industry conference, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, somewhere in there. And there's a gentleman uh, I've known for a while, very senior at Fidelity Investments, and big uh, uh, crypto fan. And he's saying, he started investing. But he's like, Scott, you got to, you need to own some. He's like trying to convince me. Then unsolicitedly, he, he texts me a, a book that was written about six years ago on cryptocurrencies. And I, I, he's a highly respected and individual. He, what is his thesis that they're going to go up in value? But what's... He thinks it's just in the very early days of it all. Whatever. I don't know. Okay. I, That's don't... Right. I mean, I remember that. Look, you go back over history, there's lots of periods like this. One of the big bubbles of times, uh, and like we don't know where it's going. And if you want to invest in some crypto, or you want to invest in an IPO, have of at a, it. Just don't bet the farm. Just don't bet the farm. Don't don't let it ruin your retirement if you go south. If it goes south on you, but one of the big bets in the United States was the railroads back in the 1800s, and a lot of uh, investors from uh, Europe, England, Netherlands. Lost a boatload. The values of those companies went down like 90%. That's right. Yeah. And we saw the same thing with communications it was kind of in the 90s. Same thing. And it actually was good for the overall economy post all because the fiber being laid. All the fiber being laid actually helped the, the, the growth of the internet move quickly. Companies like Corning. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Global Crossings. Companies I don't even remember where they yeah. remember them. Yeah. Lucent. You're right. Remember Lucent? Anyway, we should get to the call. All if right. you want to join the show, 833-99-WORTH. If you have questions regarding your retirement, taxes, insurance, 401ks, IRAs, 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-999-6784. And we'll get you on this show. Let's talk to Randy in Georgia. Randy, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Hey, Scott and Pat. Thanks for taking my question. Yeah. Glad you called, Randy. Thank you. First- First, a shout out. Like, what a great dad thing to do to take your daughter. To <laughs> well, the one thank you. Concert. I appreciate that. <laughs> I did get. I got a in full confession. Uh, we got a little there a little early at about five thirty, and the doors opened at six for an eight o'clock. And I did have a couple beers. I had a beer at, with my burger, and I had a oh, beer when fun. I got there. So, just to make it a little more oh, pleasurable for me. But so just to, to take the edge off. <laughs> electric cars and crypto tech, uh, cryptocurrency. <laughs> right there. I'll, I'll give it a try. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so so fabulous. So first of all, uh, hello. And uh, I've been an investor for 35 years and um, have had a financial advisor. So I highly, highly recommend it. And uh, through that journey, I was able to choose to retire early. 
And my question is, um, I did take early retirement, and I've been funding my day-to-day living my through annual uh, withdrawals from my brokerage account for the past several years, and it's worked perfectly fine for me. However, now I am over 59 and a half, and I want to see what your thoughts are about where I should look to withdraw my money from. Um, I, I'd like to get more into like a monthly payment to myself, pay yeah, okay. myself. Yep, yep, yep. I, I have a couple of 401s and I have one Roth. Um, I understand that I could now withdraw from my 401, taking it as, as income and paying taxes, et cetera. Um, but I, I just wanted to see what your thoughts were. Um, I've been following, I don't know if you're a fan of Jane uh, Bryant Quinn. I, I don't follow her at all, but. Anyway, it's a how to make your money like book. And then, you know, through my financial advisor, you know, there's just a lot of good tips so, and things over the years that I've used. But is there any strategy you think I should take into uh, yeah. consideration at this point? <laughs> well, I'm, so here's what's interesting. I think that a lot of people go to the brokerage account first because it has the least as far as taxes right. do on any sort of transactions, right? Oftentimes there's stuff in there. Maybe there's some cash that there's no tax ramifications at all. Then we can sell some stuff at it's a favorable capital gain tax rate. And then we run into people oftentimes that have a real problem because their retirement accounts, their 401k IRAs are getting so large that they're looking at age 72 and now they've got these required minimum, minimum distributions around the corner. And they've what they've done is put themselves into a tax problem later in life. So really yeah. at this stage and you, how old are you, Randy? You just turned 16. 59. All right. Just turned 59. Yeah. And by the way, you, you said 401ks, not IRAs. Are they 401ks or IRAs? No, I don't have any IRAs. I have 401s okay. and I have uh, one, uh, excuse me, I have a Roth. So that's an IRA. Okay. And how old were you when you retired? I was 55. Okay. Well, by the way, you could have taken money anytime you wanted from those 401ks without penalties and just taxes due. Yeah. Okay. It's one of the, the, the rules 59 and a half, but there's some exceptions. One exception is if you're 55 or older when you retire. We're not when you that separate to you. from service and it coming from a 401k, not an IRA. But okay. that only applies to other listeners under 59 and a half. And but so, it didn't apply it to her last year it, and the year before. Have, yes, we, missed, but, we, missed, yeah. we missed maybe a window. So what you have to look at is what's the 401k balances mm-hmm. today? What, how much are in the 401k? Yeah, ballpark. Enough. Okay. okay. What percentage of your portfolio <laughs> is in Roth versus traditional I, I would versus say, I would brokerage. Say, um, I would say I have about 15% in the Roth and the Roth because I started that later. And I would say um, the, the bulk is in standard 401s. And then I've been actually, you know, in my brokerage account that accounts for probably 50% of my, um, my resources. And then the other 50% is in retirement. All right. So here's the, since we don't know the values, here's the rule of thumb, right? What you want to do is you want to mix the two, the distributions from the brokerage and from the 401k and or IRA. We're going to leave the Roth off at the table for now. You want to mix those until you get to the marginal tax rate that you need to live in and try not to go past that. And really what this, you need to do some long-term planning incorporating social security when that's going to be what's it look like required minimum distributions at age 72 factor all those things in and then it's from there you'll it determines how much you should take from from what type of account and it it might make sense for you to take money out of your 401k and just convert it to a roth and and spend down your brokerage account some more it it, it kind of depends on the balances and your overall situation so if you have three million dollars in your 401k and we look at this and we Which think- Which odds are not, because not many people have $3 million in their 401 Who knows? Okay. <laughs> what happens is it's different planning than if you have $600,000 in yes. your 401k. Because what we're- And if tra- your whole entire life saving is one $600,000 401k, very different kind of planning than if you've got income of $180,000 a year plus a $600,000 401k. That's right. So what, okay. what you have to do is you have to mix those all together and then- Say, how should I be taking this distribution? And you start with how much money you need to live on and you work backwards from there. Right. Recognizing. Right. That, that, I, that I do. That I do have. Okay. And the I concept exactly. of setting up a monthly check, I think, is brilliant because the way things should be invested is really kind of, of a total return approach, right? Like, otherwise, you're going to have everything in fixed income and it would be terrible for you. 
total return type approach. And if whatever the dollar amount is a month, if it's four grand or eight grand, whatever that dollar amount is, you just have that deposited in your checking account each month. Right. So you can live your life and not have to worry about what the financial market's doing on a day-to-day basis or year-to-year basis. All righty. Okay. Has your your financial advisor helped with these calculations? Well, you know what? I'm, uh, I've been working with him and I'm meeting with him again uh, next week, but I, I think I got a little confused on, um, you know, a broker and advisor. Um, I've been talking with my tax attorney and um, like, who is the best person it's, to well, sit down and put that together? <laughs> I mean, a good certified financial planner who understands retirement well is the right person. Yeah. So if you're going down to work with a broker at Schwab or Fidelity or one of those shops, you're probably not going to get financial planning. They're just going to get investment advice. And there's a difference between so the two. A CFP, that's considered fiduciary and that's like uh, a fee doesn't, Not necessarily. A CFP is a certified well, financial although planner. Although when they're offering planning, they're supposed to be acting as a fiduciary at all times as well. So technically, yes. But it's not, you, someone could be a, a CFP at a big brokerage firm and still earn commissions. So a a fiduciary is someone who's who's independent. I mean, the problem with the big firms, and there's some good advisors at some of these big firms. The the thing I struggle with, and the reason there are more independent advisors today than advisors at those big banks, is is the conflicts that they manufacture their own products. And they've got their own team of analysts that are saying, oh, look at this. And they've got inventory because they took a company public or helped them sell their bonds. So the next thing you know, they're, hey, we've got this great product. Your clients are going to love it. And so they're hearing that from one ear and then trying to figure out from their client's perspective what's the best thing. And it's uh, problematic, in my opinion. So I would, okay. uh, yeah. I, I, yeah you I, need- I, it's, it's funny. I, was, I had breakfast with a gentleman this week, a friend of mine I've known for years. He's coming in. He's been a decent saver, but he's also inheriting some money. And he was asking me, he's like doing some research. He's like, it seems like the big ones are Vanguard and Fidelity and Schwab and and. He's trying to put, and he's, he, he asked, asked me, dude, so you think it's actually worthwhile to hire a financial advisor? And I looked at him, I said, I've been doing, <laughs> I've been doing this for 30 years, so obviously I believe that, like, otherwise I would do something different. <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't know how to answer your question. I had a relative that actually, I had a relative that asked me that. Uh, he said, uh, I, I'm not sure I should hire one. I said, well, there's 14,000 people that beg to differ with you that of are clients firm, of yeah, all right. worth. So <laughs> do what you yeah, want to do. That's what I told my friend. I don't, I'm but like, you know what? I, I, think, I think I've been um, in a, I guess, fortunate situation that our tax attorney is a CPA and an attorney and our financial advisor, broker, uh, we've been with him for a long time. But where would I, um, where, like, direct me to um, a CFP? Like, Ask where, your tax attorney. Okay. That's the tax attorney. Don't ask the broker. Ask the tax attorney. Yeah, he doesn't do he doesn't do that. I know you're going to ask but, him for a referral. Yeah, because he gets he gets oh, okay. ref, he gets ref, yeah yeah you want to ask them for a referral first. Just have for, a conversation. Yeah, and fortunately, okay. maybe with someone that actually he uh, does business with. Um, we have relationships with tax professionals across the United States, and we have our own tax practice internal. Uh, but it it's yeah not we unusual. have it internal because. Both Morningstar and Vanguard have both done studies that show the importance of both what we were talking about here, kind of the sequence of planning, along with what type of securities do you put in what kind of accounts, uh, combined right. with uh, the tax strategy. Behind. And how you're taking distributions. Yep. So you need to get one because you've missed a couple years where you had a window for some tax planning between the ages of 55 when you retired and 59 and a half. Which may or may not have made sense. We don't know. We don't know that. But I certainly would have started looking at it at 55. And my guess is, I mean, what you really need to keep an eye on, Randy, is what will your retirement accounts look like at age 72? And Because if it sounds like you've been a good saver, like you don't want to get to the point. And we see it all the time. People, they've got more money than they, they're stuck with these required minimum distributions. They Complain they wait about till they, they wait till the end of the year in December. Sometimes they just have the money sent directly to their brokerage account because they don't need the money. But it, it, but what ends up happening, it pushes up on these higher tax brackets. There's so, worse problems right. to have yeah. in retirement. So I, we appreciate the right. call. Yeah. And you know, Scott, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to that. Uh, I was meeting with a client uh, this week, and he was complaining how much is the Medicare was costing him. It's like this, next year it's going to be $600 a month. I mean, this is, and I said to him, you know. Uh, is that, is that, that's the, between he and his wife. Yeah. 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 And he said, uh, I said, you know, this is just something you're going to have to live with. 
And he said, you can't do anything about it? I said, oh, yeah, I can. I could lower the distributions from your IRAs and lower your income, and then we could wait three years, and then we have to take a boatload of money out of your (laughs) IRAs all at once and make the situation drive you into an even higher marginal tax rate. I said, so you get a choice. We can fix it now or we could live with a lot of pain later. What do you, or we, you live with it now or live with a bunch more pain later. Easy enough. There's no yeah. easy. Well, I mean, look, when you get to a point in retirement and your, um, your income is that. That's what I said. This is, this is a, this is a means test. Yes. Look, That's if you didn't have much income, your uh, Medicare have to pay be it. 120 bucks a month or whatever yeah. the number is. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's continue on with our calls. We're talking to Maria. Maria, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Maria. Um, I, I long-time listener. In fact, my, my husband called you about 10 years ago for another um, issue, and you helped us out. But now I have a, a question. Um, should I keep my our universal life insurance and... Is twenty five years uh, retirement is doable for me, and um, should I fund some Roth instead of maxing my four five seven? There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, it's all good. So, why are, are you maximizing your four fifty seven now? Yes, you are. Do you have a four hundred one k available to you as well as a four fifty seven? I don't believe so. Do you work and, for a university or a county or the state? A city. Okay. All right. Good enough. And let me just tell you a little bit more. I'm 52 years old. My husband is 72 years old. So there's a 20-year difference. Um, I have, we have one child, 16-year-old, and I would like to be able to retire in five years. And is the life, but, let's start with the life insurance. Is the life insurance on your life or your husband's life? Both of us. We got a email, uh, uh, the rep reached out and um, said that the rates are going up and it's in universal. Like, what do you, wait, wait, look, let's, let's step, let me step back. So, is the, is the a joint life insurance? No, joint? It's separate. It's a, separate. And, two separate policies. And the agent called and wants you to do what with the policy? Well, the email says the tax, um, there might be some tax changes and the rates might be going up and i know from listening to you guys don't stay away from annuities so and, i said no annuities <laughs> okay but the, you had, you said life insurance is this life insurance or an annuity it's a life insurance yeah. it's a universal policy universal okay. so how they, long have you owned it pardon me how, how long, long have you owned it 10, 10 years we i think we did we bought it in error but it's it's do you done, still have so. surrender charges on it Yes. Okay. Wait, this is why I get angry at the insurance industry. So they want to still surrender charges. They wanted to pay a surrender charge and buy a new policy. You know why? Well, here's uh, a major commission. conflict commission. So a, the, yeah. an agent might get 80, 90, maybe a hundred percent of your first year premiums on a, well, these permanent life insurance policies. Then they might get 1% of the, your premium payment later, like almost nothing. So, they have a financial incentive to go back and look back in their say, hmm, who have we sold the policy to that maybe I can sell my new policy? And can I find a good excuse mm. to sell them this new policy? Oh, I know. I'm going to call Maria and uh, see if I can't sell her a new so policy. So, Maria, leave that stuff alone. Leave that stuff alone. Okay. I mean, you might have an insurance okay. need right now. But okay. you would, if you okay. had an insurance. And you're not going to need it for your whole life, for crying out loud. Yeah, Odds right. are your husband's going to predecease you. And hopefully your 16-year-old will be self-supportive at some point in time, right? Uh, so right. you're not going to need life insurance the rest of your life by any means. But don't, you need to bring that into a financial advisor and ask them what to do with that. And the question, you fund your 457 to the maximum, correct? Correct. And your question was, should you fund a Roth IRA? Is that what the question should was? Should I move some? Because I'm, I'm the only one working, obviously. He's How, what, percentage of your re, what percentage of your retirement is in traditional versus what percent do you have in Roth? Um, they're all in... I have a four five seven, and I have a four hundred one k. I mean, a four one k IRA. You don't have a Roth. IRA is well. I have very little because um, I use it to down payment for my house. But I have a rental that's paid for, and my primary my primary is paid for. Here's what I'd like you to do: is I'd like you to take half of your contribution 
right now mm-hmm. that's going to your 457 and put it in the Roth side of the 457. At least okay. consider that. But I mean, what you really need to do, Maria, is, is to is to really run the numbers and say, what do things look like five years from now when I go to retire? What's my income going to be there? Where's the income sources? And what's that going to mean for my tax situation? Am I going to be in a similar tax situation today? Am I going to be in a lower tax situation? So if right now, if you got a job that you're killing it and having a huge income, making a couple hundred grand a year, working for a city, so maybe not. And But then at retirement, your income is going to be 50000 Well, then we want to take advantage of the tax deduction. But most people do a good job saving it, find themselves in retirement at a very similar uh, tax situation. But so. the little we know about you right now, split it 50% Roth, yeah. 50% pre-tax, and your 457 contributions. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue. This is All Worth's Money Matters with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Pat McLean. We're having a good time here. Everyone else is. Let's yes. take some calls. 833-99-WORTH to join our program. Schedule a call and... Um, Love to answer your questions and maybe just be another opinion for you. Yeah. Second, third. 833-99-WORTH. We're in Northern California talking with Steve. Steve, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Hi, Scott. Hey, Pat. Uh, first off, thank you for doing the show. I really appreciate your advice and the, the humor you provide. It's uh, entertaining. Well, thank, thank you. you. So my wife and I are considering selling our primary residence. Um we are here in Northern California. Don't plan on staying here probably more than 10 years, maybe as short as three years. Okay. I'm not sure yet. Um, I think the values are so high, we're just thinking maybe now's the right time to sell. That means renting for a period of time. And I know rents are high also right now. Mm-hmm. So um, taking that into account, you know, I think we can still net a pretty good amount that would we would apply to our next house. And where, where would the next, that. do you know where the next house would be? I don't yet. It's that's such a long time frame, three to 10 years. You mm-hmm. know, wait for the market to go down and have to stay in California, depending on job and retirement, or, yeah. you know, maybe it's outside of California. So that, this is really, really, really difficult question uh, to answer. So I guess your question is, you know, do I do it now and rent and then come back into the market at a different place? Or do I, you know, right. if you if if you told me where you were moving, let's just say, if you said, "Look, Pat, I'm in that. I'm moving to Ketchum, Idaho." Then you'd probably say, "Sell your house now, go buy a rental in Ketchum, Idaho." That's exactly what you because that way we're reducing our risk. That's right, uh-huh. right? But but or you said, "I'm going to Des Moines, Iowa," right? Because you, you love probably corn. buy a couple houses in Des Moines for the same price. So you yeah. would, but 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 because you don't know, and it's exactly what we would tell you is go there, buy a house that you think you're going to live in, rent it until you're ready to make that move, so that you have a placeholder in the marketplace. Yeah, that's that's probably my biggest concern is just that money sitting in the bank. Oh, it's not the oh. money sitting in the bank. It's a it's that the the market don't turn. That what yeah. happens if okay. all of a sudden. You want to move to Des Moines, and Des Moines has an increase in well, – look what happened in Missoula, Montana, and most of Idaho over the last 24 months, where we've seen price Incredible. increases of over 100% in many, many markets, right? Um, right. Th- on, on something that no, nobody predicted. No one would have guessed. No one would have guessed. By the way, most people haven't spent a couple long winters in Missoula yet, so it could change at any time. Exactly. Yeah, my oldest wants to. My oldest daughter wants to move to Whitefish, Montana. Oh, does she yeah. really? Because she was there in the summer. One oh, day. it's beautiful in the summer. So the problem is, is that it's a bad move if you don't know where you're going to keep your placeholder, okay. and so, so just so, stay where you're at and live yeah. through the market. And it could be that the markets are down three years from now. The, the 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 greater risk is being out of the market. I look. I had a, a pretty good friend of mine sold his house uh, nine months ago, something like that, 
They don't think they're going to be in, in California. Very, very similar to this. They're, they've got a kid who I think is a sophomore or junior. Wait till he's out of high school. They're not quite sure where they're going to go. Maybe Idaho. Is, I think Idaho is number one choice. But now he's like, whoa, I wish I hadn't have done that because home prices have continued to go, go up. And where he was thinking about has gone up even worse. And now he he's, never had a placeholder. And now, now, now he's sitting there looking at inflation, which the last 12 months was over 6%, thinking, what happens if this inflation thing keeps continuing? Congress keeps throwing more money. They keep passing bills with trillions of dollars and throwing more money at this and throwing more money at that. And the next thing, I mean, I mean if we ever have a time of really high inflation, you want property. You want real assets. Right. I think that's my biggest concern. Yep, and it should be. So just, you know, when you're 12 months out, when you you know where you want to move. And then- odds are, if there's a decline in, in real estate prices where you live in Northern California, there's probably going to be a decline somewhere else. Or since you don't know where you're going to move, maybe you just find that area where the biggest decline is when you decide to move. Gotcha. All righty. I didn't think about the rental aspect. I appreciate that. That's uh yeah, I mean, what it's it's really about managing risk. That's all this is at this point, and that's what you're thinking about too, right? You're like, right. holy crud, my home's gone up so much in value. Maybe I should just well, take the money and. I get it. Exactly right. I, mean, I get I it. Don't see it's not worth the money, it, you know, the value that the market says it is right now, and I don't think it'll be there for long. It might be. Well, might be. Listen, the old I'm, saying: a bull market can last a lot longer than you can stay solvent. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't try to don't try to guess this thing out. You because no one would have guessed that the stock market would hit new highs within twelve months or fifteen months after a global pandemic. From where we were right before the, I mean, that's amazing. It's amazing. It's just okay. Wait, uh, you can't leave the house. Uh, economic t- activity is grinding to an almost halt. And this COVID's not leaving. You oh, look at parts of the not, world, it's, it's, it's yeah, German, yeah. Germany is at all-time record numbers of cases. It is. It is. So this thing's not leaving, and the market seems to shrug it all off. Like it never existed. Right. So anyway, answer your question. Thanks Thank for listening you. to the show. Do us a favor. Yeah. Uh, share it with uh, your friends on the podcast, because we we're asking for business People listen to this show one person at a time now. Thanks, thanks, Steve. Wish you well. Good luck on the one one of these days. We're going to figure out how to monetize this show, though. I'm working on it. We're not working on it. (laughs) Okay, I mean, I think about it. (laughs) We don't really. We've been doing this a long. Look, we've been doing this a long time. It's Uh, easy for us. Yeah, people want to listen to the podcast, and let's be totally transparent. We do have a business. We've got. Close to a hundred financial advisors around the country, and um, yeah, hopefully, and, and we get business. I mean, from yeah. listeners, that's just hopefully reality. people like the show and use us at some point. If you don't, well, that's fine. Yeah, you can continue to consume all my energies for free. So that's fine. I think. I think. I think we do monetize the this <laughs> program. Is what I'm, I think. You might be right. Okay. <laughs> so, but you would want that in your financial advisor, would you not? If you were hiring a financial advisor, you'd want someone that actually thought like a business person. Well, I would hope at least to have us think about those things. Yes. yes. How to maximize income and reduce expenses <laughs> as much as possible. Yes. Yes. Of course. Yes. yes. All right. We're continuing on here with some calls. We're in North Carolina and we're talking with Richard. Richard, you're with Allworth Money Matters. Uh, yes. Hello, Pat and Scott. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I don't get to hear your terrestrial broadcast, but I do. I'm a faithful listener to your podcast, and I, I really enjoyed you guys oh. do a great job. Well, thank you. Thank you. Your thank character, you. your integrity, and uh, it compel- it is very compelling. I oh, think. well, thank wow, you. That's really it. nice. That's nice. What can we do for you? Um, well, here's my deal. Um, I'm, a, I'm not one of your $3 million, $6 million, $9 million uh, calls. I am a modest a means person. I make 55, 60 a year, and I've got 565 in my 401k. I have 112,000 in cash in the bank, earning like nothing Zero. in a savings account. Uh, my house, I've got three, uh, let's see, 34 more payments to make at about a grand a month. And I'm 56 years old. I don't have kids. Um, I don't have alimony. Um, I just, I don't know what to do with the 112. And I don't know if I should pay off my house 
I'm not sure what, what direction to take. And, and I, and I don't get, I get, let me add one more thing. I, I get horrible, um, customer service from our, uh, not the TPA, but the, uh, the, the people Admit. locally who, who administer our 401k. Got it. And how did you say your age? How old are you? I'm 56. And will you have any sort of pension or is it your money from your savings and social security for your retirement income? Uh, it's 565 in my uh, yeah. 401k. Yeah, yeah so but, you won't you won't have a monthly pension from anybody or anything like that. No. You don't work for no. an old company or something. No. And, and how you, is the alloca- how's the allocation on the 401k? By the way, you're a great saver. Yeah. You're very And very let me tell you a story. So my one of the first couple of years I was in the industry, I remember meeting with a gentleman, I can't remember his name now. He retired from, he was a utility worker employee. And I think his maximum income was, I don't know, 45000 or something like that. He had managed to, his wife stayed home to take care of the kids. His kids went through college. His home was paid for. It was, it, and I looked at him, I'm like, you are an incredible saver. Uh, you've highly disciplined in his savings and he, he and retirement with plenty of plenty of dollars saved for retirement. You're yeah. You're a very, it's very not, good saver. It's, there's it's not, a, there's a low correlation between income and financial independence. There really, there really is. So, um, what is the allocation in the 401k? Okay. It's in four pieces. Um, 30, I'm going to read it through my glasses. 36% T row price. Um, blue chip okay. growth, uh-huh. and then twenty-two percent growth. West, this is in the. Um, I'm sorry, Great West yeah. aggregate profile okay. bond. It's in and twenty percent. Yeah, yeah no, a bond. bond I, no, I don't think no. I'm in any. I think I'm totally in securities, and then twenty percent in. I don't know. It's it's all in security. It's all in it's all in equities. It's all stock. It is. Yeah. Are you comfortable with that much in stock? Um, I am because the stock market since I've been in it has only gone up. So just what just what if you took, let's say fifty thousand of your savings or seventy five thousand of your savings, you went and and bought stocks on a t- on Monday. Let's say you went and bought stocks in that in a brokerage account, then the same day you reduced your stocks in your 401k and moved that to some bonds. Would you feel comfortable with doing something like that? I wouldn't feel uncomfortable about it. If you gave me, I mean, I, I want a reason why to okay. do that. Well, because lower risk. What, how soon before you retire? Well, I guess I'll have to, at my income, I have to work till I'm 65. I can oh. get Medicare. Um, and are you maximizing your 401k? 15%. They stopped matching us now about two years ago. Here's what I would consider doing. Here's what I would consider doing. Uh, first of all, I would look to see if if you're still, like where you fall right now, if you're in a 12% tax bracket or 22%. See where that number lands after you go through, which I think you're probably in a 12% tax bracket. I would increase your, your contributions to your uh, 401k I'd put the maximum in, I'd put the additional dollars into a Roth and I would use some of your savings to, if you can't afford it cash flow wise, I would, I would think about taking that $112,000 you've got in savings and slowly getting that into Roth 401k. I would give it a little different slant. I'd pay off the mortgage today. He's making a thousand dollar a month payments on the mortgage. He won't mix it in the paycheck. And there's the thousand bucks right there. Thousand bucks right there. So, well, see, that's what you guys did to me. You, You gave me both of my thoughts. Okay. <laughs> so that's what we would do. We would pay off the mortgage immediately. Just go in and write a check. Yeah, yeah. I don't care how low your rate is. You're, you're earning less on the bank. Yeah. And it's going to be paid off right. in three years anyway. So it's not like a long-term. Yeah. And then what you want to do right. is increase your 401k contributions and make a maximum contribution into a Roth IRA as well. But your 401k contributions probably in the Roth. In the Roth as well. In the Roth portion, not a traditional 401k. Yeah, both Roth. sides of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the Roth yeah. IRA. Yes, and the Roth IRA. Yeah. And just look at those dollars. Like, how much can I funnel into these retirement accounts? That's right. It's what twenty six grand a year. Or so you can put the four hundred one k. And like then, that. yeah. Well, they just move the limits for next year. Yeah. What is it this year? It's like with the catch up. It's twenty six, twenty five, twenty seven, something like that. Or whatever. It's yeah. Yeah. So that's what you want to do. Is you want to put the maximum Roth. It's funny. I used to remember those things, but now when you can Google I everything, you get, the, you get the answer in about uh, well, these eight last seconds. Years. 
Uh, anyway. I understand. So maximum yeah, no, Roth, right. 401k, maximum there, pay the mortgage off. You're going to actually take home a lot less money, but you're going to have a lot less going out because you don't have to make the mortgage payment. Okay. Let me ask you a quick question. Um, as far as life insurance, you don't need any. Being that, I don't, right? I don't need any. Do you don't I? need no, heck any. No. You don't need any. Take the free stuff that they give you at work. If they give you any at all, put a charity on it or your brother or your sister or your little Whatever. nephews or nieces, but don't buy anything. Okay. No, don't, just make you poor. That, yeah. Don't, you don't need any. Yeah. yeah. Everything's so, paid off. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, you're well, good it doesn't matter who you're going to, even if it wasn't paid off, why would you make a premium payment so someone could inherit this, your house? Richard, I think you're going to be in good shape for you're retirement. Financially, you're better than 80% of the population. I mean, you this, think, when you think when that, you get to 65? The, when that thousand bucks a month is no longer going out, I bet even if you want to quit at 62, you can figure a bridge to that. Yeah. Yeah. You're fine. Well, you're, you're, you're yeah. very kind and you, and you give me hope. I appreciate yeah. it. Oh, no, 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 you're, you're a great saver. Great saver. Okay. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thanks. And I, I really dig your program. All, All right. right. Thank Thanks, you, Richard. Richard. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? It's like uh, we could talk to someone else who makes 500000 a year that has a million bucks in the top of the air. <laughs> Look at me. Look at a million bucks in your life. I'll never forget years ago, uh, husband and wife came into our office. They had combined income, annual income, about $800,000, seven or $800,000 a year, both uh, in the medical profession, uh, specialists. And they came in, not to talk about their retirement, but they came in, they had a hundred grand in their retirement. That's all they had saved, hundred grand. They wanted to figure out how they can get use those dollars for uh, vacation, for travel. They were in like their 40s. That was really why they contacted us. They had nothing saved. That's the only thing they had saved. They were making, maybe it was seven hundred, seven hundred thousand oh. dollars a year, and had one hundred thousand dollars saved. Yes, let's admit it. I'd like to go on vacation with those people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they stay in the best places. I know. Now, let me show you how to get that hundred grand out. Yeah. Well, I can show you how I paid thirty-five dollars for a Hilton, some sort of Hilton property in the by the airport. Uh, a week or so ago. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> Every once in a while, you can stay at somewhere on the nice rim, but uh, yeah, not money's ever. where you find it. On this yeah, person. that's right. Yeah, that's right. All right let's uh, continue on here. Let's talk with Maria. Maria, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Oh, thank you so much, Scott and Pat. I'm a long, long, long time listener, and uh, uh, really thank you for all the years of uh, education. Thank you. Learned so yeah. much from you. Thank you. Well, that's this wonderful. show is getting better and better. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I was thinking about I'm cool. gushing. Oh, I was thinking. By the way, we don't tell our call screener like, mm-hmm. all right, here's what you're going to say. Uh, uh, listen, I was thinking of quitting until this show. Now all this gushing stuff, this is nice. What can we do for you? So, well, I, I, I live in Northern California, and I have three kids, and they're all in New York. And they really want mom to move over. Can they live so in a state that's le- lower cost of living? <laughs> are they are they in New York City? Yes, New York City. Okay. All right. Yes, What's your question for us? Uh, they all want me to move over. So I'm thinking of uh, getting a place here for myself. So what I'm, my question is, uh, uh, what... Uh, any kind of recommendation on the price range? I know the range is very, very wide. Do you want something in I Manhattan? Like to... Are you looking at buying an apartment there? <laughs> yes. Okay. Kind of. Okay. Well, and so, I mean, it's, and, if you've uh, got, like, my first thought is, like, if you've got the financial resources, all the more power to you. If you don't have the financial resources, well, then, then. Yeah. So tell us about yourself. Do you own a home? Where do you own? Where's your primary residence in Northern California? What is the value of the primary residence? About one and a half. And are you planning on keeping that? See, that's what I don't know. I really like to have both. You might be able to. Very difficult. Okay. And uh, what's the mortgage on the home if you have one on your primary? Uh, It's. It's pay, uh, paid off. Okay. How old are you? It's all paid off. I'm 76. Uh, oh, you don't sound uh, that old. Uh, I was thinking. Uh, single? <laughs> Thank you. I'm single. Okay. Yes. Thank you. All right. You. Okay. 1.5 a million zero. Okay. And what would that? Uh, you know, it's interesting because I have a client who is in her 70s and she worked until she was in the 70s. 
and she has a, an apartment in the boroughs and one in Northern California. Oh. And she went back there and she got it so that she could stay with family and she would spend half her time in New York City and the other half in Northern California in her 70s. And she did this until she was 75, So what's, a, what's an apartment going to cost you? What's an apartment cost you? Well, that's, that's what I'm quite not sure. You know, anywhere between uh, uh, 500 to a million. Okay. And what do your other so assets look range. like? Uh, I retire from uh, California, so I'm very fortunate to have a pension, and the pension is about a hundred thousand a year. And then I have other incomes, and so my income probably annually is about about hundred eighty thousand. Okay. And you have, and I still doing consulting work. Uh, so I get a little pay there too. So it's about hundred eighty thousand, I would say. Uh, so uh, my sources are: I have a rollover IRA, which is about one point one point eight, and I have a, a Roth IRA, which is about six hundred fifty thousand, and then I have a brokerage account, which is about. Uh, a little over 1.6. You can buy a house. Yeah, yeah that's a brilliant that's idea easy. for you. Great. Do it. Start looking tomorrow. I totally agree with you. Start looking and tomorrow. I'm 100% serious on that. Yeah. You should buy it. Should I Should I keep both places then? Or yes. Yes. I yes. Sell? You can afford both places. Yes. If you it's want to keep a, both places, keep both places. Keep them as long as you own them and they don't yes, own you. That's what when you have a, multiple residences... It's when you're not home for weeks on end, you need someone's gonna have to check on the place and things still happen and keep them as long as you own them and they don't own you. Thank you. Now the next question is And by the way, I think this here's why I think this is brilliant. Because you you've got the financial resources. You're seventy six. Last I looked, no one gets out of here alive, right? So it, and you've got less time in front of you than you have behind you. Let's be brutally honest here. So we don't know how long that's gonna be, but right now you've got your health, you've got your three children. I imagine you've got some grandkids in there somewhere too. In New York City, <laughs> you've got the resources to do it. Life's about relationships. You wanna do it, I do it. I see no downside whatsoever. So now the question should be how how do I how do I structure this, right? Right. So exactly. I don't but it's a way to limit the the lowest deposit to in, not to incur a lot of attack. Yeah. So so you may so I assume in that hundred and eighty thousand dollars in income, some of it's coming as your required minimum distribution. Um, correct. Yeah. I know, exactly. So yeah. I would look I'd look Although deep into Donating a lot. Okay. Well, I would look deep yeah. into the brokerage account to see what the tax implications were in that. But you may end up doing... Um, what Even if a, even a mortgage on it. That's what I'm thinking. You may end up doing a mortgage. And by the way, you might be doing a combination of things. So um, you might do half in cash and half in mortgage. Um, based upon the implications of the taxation in the brokerage account. I mean, what you've got going for you, first of all, your bedrock is a pension of $100,000 a year. And then and, you've got $4 million yeah. in all assets. kinds of different tax vehicles. you got a Roth. And a, a $1.5 million home that's paid for. Yeah, you have plenty of money. Yeah. It, yeah. So the, the answer to the question is, I, I suspect, would probably use a mortgage on this. I but I would I dig into that brokerage as far as I could yes. for, with to see to what see the what, tax yeah. implications were, and then maybe you accelerate the mortgage. Maybe you don't. I don't know. Okay. And you might even get. How about the Roth IRA? Should I touch the Roth uh, IRA? You could a no, little, I but I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be in a hurry. You no could way. a little, but I wouldn't be in a hurry to get there. I wouldn't be. I would look much. at those the last dollars to spend because that yeah. IRA, the one point eight, that's gonna. Every year you get older, the more you got to take from that thing. Yeah. So you might even go yeah. above your required minimum distribution, um, and it might require you to sit down with a financial advisor or a tax uh, and a good financial planner to help or, run through all these. Yeah, you know, or a good CPA that actually figure out where it comes from. But I suspect that you're going to end up if you paid a million dollars, which quite frankly you could easily pay a million dollars for this and afford it. Yep. 
um, then you would actually use the combination of brokerage and probably the uh, a loan for four or five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand on it. But you should do it. Do I wouldn't even wait. I'd start looking. Are you back in New York now? Yes. Okay, go start looking for apartments tomorrow. Yeah, don't call us up in, in a couple of weeks and say it's actually $4 million for the place yeah, you Yeah, don't want, say that. Dude, you're like, <laughs> oh, you change have, Pat, have you ever been to this place called Park Avenue? <laughs> I just yeah. want a view of the park, an unobstructed view of the park. That's all I care. It can be small, small little place, 800 square feet is fine. Just give me a nice unobstructed view Do you know how beautiful the park. the park is in the fall? <laughs> million dollars is probably outside for you. That's right. All righty. Okay. Thank right. you. Congrats. Uh, looking, Enjoy right. those yeah. kids. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I, Pat, it reminds me. I was in I was in uh, Manhattan with Pat one time, and uh, I was commenting. I, I love running in the Central Park when I'm whenever I'm in the city for work. And I was co- I was commenting to Pat about how nice the park is, and Pat, your response was, "Yeah, it's." It's a nice place, but it's only in contrast to what's next to it. Like, if you took this plot of land and put it somewhere else, it'd just be country. Like, I thought, you got a pretty good point. Yeah, because if you put that and you put it out in the woods, you'd be like, this is crappy it looks little. The, it looks the same. <laughs> oh, they've done a little better job. But anyway, well, good for her. That's a great story. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Good for her. Good saver. Well, I mean... Yeah. The reality is, we all we all end up in different spots financially, and we have different income levels and that sort of thing. And I think it's less to do with what our income is or our saving, and, and more how we do the the planning. And there's always trade offs, and judging through those trade offs is something we need to do. So yeah, so uh, we'd like you to visit our website, allworthfinancial.com slash articles, and we've got the feature articles of the week. So what we do is we actually look to see what people are reading on our website or opening in our newsletters. And then we feature those in our articles of the week. And also while you're on our website, go ahead and subscribe to our newsletter if you'd like, and it will be delivered to your inbox every Saturday morning with all kinds of content. And if you'd like to be on the show, you can send us an email questions at moneymatters.com and we'll line something up questions at moneymatters.com. We're out of time. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for joining This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.